What's up, y'all? Respect, motherfuckers. It's too motherfucking cold. And it's raining. Fuck this Sunday. Mm. Yep. What's up, y'all motherfuckers? Hey, good to have you back. Too Cold for Sunday, episode six, right? Someone check that. I don't fucking know. Anyways, what is it? It is Sunday, May 17th, 2020. I did something last night. I got to give a shout out. I know my homeboys over under the influence stories, they had me on. I was a special guest last night. But you know who the headliner was? The motherfucking headliner was no other than the one and only Dan motherfucking Lehman. Now, Dan, I had so much fun with you last night. Uh, <laughs> I think you like voluntarily admitted that you were gay. That did happen. Watch the clips. Uh, we almost lost Dan. Like we almost lost his ass. I don't know what happened, but like a combination of alcohol and diabetes, it got my boy fucked up. Dan, I talked to you this morning. I'm glad you're okay. What's up? Josh, Devin, shit, thank you for having me on. It's time of my fucking life last night. Um, damn, check them out on Twitch. That's where they're hanging out. So, I was checking out... Where was I? I was on The Onion again. Y'all, if y'all don't get this, I live in Fort Wayne. The creators of The Onion, they started off in Fort Wayne. That's Indiana, for any of y'all motherfuckers that never been to Indiana. If you live in Indiana, you say Fort Wayne, everyone knows where the fuck it is. But if you don't live in Indiana, you say Fort Wayne, they're like, huh? I don't fucking know. Anyway, so this article posted on the Onion's website. Here's here's the headline. Undaunted Texas Waffle House waitress has been expecting to die there every day for the past 20 years anyway. Obviously, this is a coronavirus story. This bitch been working there 20 years. She thought she was going to die every day. You should see the picture of her. If you if you get online, just uh, type in what I just read to you, and you'll see this picture of this lady. She's a little bit scary. Anyway, this is out of Gladewater, Texas. Following the Texas governor's announcement that the state's economy will begin reopening later this week, local Waffle House waitress Barb Jefferson... Shrugged and told reporters Tuesday she had spent every shift for the past two decades expecting to die in the restaurant anyway. I've worked nights here for years. And she goes on, she goes on. Obviously, you've probably been to a Waffle House. I think everybody's been to a Waffle House. 24-hour, you know, diner. Let's see. Okay, here's what she goes on to say. She says, I honestly have no idea how I'm still alive. You've seen some of the deadbeats we get in this place? Every time I refuse someone's coffee, I'm afraid I'm interrupting a meth deal. A fucking meth hoard, meth trash table. Not a single fucking server wants that table. Uh, so she says, let's see. At press time, Jefferson was seen wrestling a knife out of a fry cook's hands after he threatened to stab her over a substitution request in a ham and cheese omelet. Well... Yeah, I get it. You can't sub a ham and cheese omelet. Like, uh, 
you can't like sub the cheese for bacon and like expect that to be like not an upcharge. But that man shouldn't have pulled out that fucking knife. But anyway, this this story it just goes on. This bitch thinks she's gonna die. She didn't need this virus. Thinks she's gonna die. That's just kind of where we are in the world today. But fuck it. <clears throat> what do we got? What do we got? Oh, you know who's got a good take on the current situation, the coronavirus? Uh, Tim Dillon from the Tim Dillon Show on YouTube. Let me play you a clip. Here's what he has to say about the current situation. I was uh, out today uh, in a beach town in Los Angeles and uh, Manhattan Beach. And I was with a, a friend and we're walking around. And here's the deal now with the face masks, you know, we're all wearing them as chin straps because nobody wants to put them over their face because they're disgusting. I mean, they're gross. You breathe in them. I, I mean, it's, what are we doing? You can't get air. See, when you wear the face mask, you can't breathe. It's 90 degrees. So not breathing shouldn't be part of the strategy to help the sickness. I understand in situations when you're around people, it's the right thing to do. So I have it just so I can slip it up if I need be. If someone walking by me looks particularly panicked or I have to run into a, a grocer grocery store i i have to, I, I put the mask up but everybody you know i'm in hot beach people are not wearing yeah <clears throat> it's fucking crazy man like i was driving on bluffton road going over the bridge by the clyde what's up my people at the clyde what's up i'll see you at work in july maybe august i don't fucking know yet i don't think anybody really does <clears throat> so i'm driving over that bridge I see these two motherfuckers, they're like on like mountain bikes, like going over the bridge, like husband-wife couple, but these motherfuckers were wearing welder's mask. Now, I don't think that's going to work the way it should, and I don't think you just ride bikes wearing a fucking welder's mask. That shit threw me off. I didn't know what the fuck I just saw. <laughs> There's only like two people on the planet that know this one fact about me. Uh, <clears throat> so I got married pretty quick into meeting this chick, like we were married, and about six weeks into the marriage, this is six weeks after we got married, like, I'm sitting there laying in bed, and like, you guys know this, my wife's black, so sometimes she's hard to see at night, but I'm looking, like, down the bed, I see her fucking feet, and I think this is the first time I ever saw her feet, like, I actually, like, looked at her feet, I'm not a foot dude, some of y'all weirdos are the fuck out of here with that but like i'm just laying there in bed and this is the day that i needed to go get a fucking eye exam right here because i started counting her toes and like something wasn't right and on one foot i counted four toes like i like i recounted like a hundred times i'm like does this bitch have four toes i'm like why wouldn't you tell me this tell me this one thing about you jesus <clears throat> so I like squint and I get a little closer. I'm trying not to wake her up and have her catch me fucking counting her goddamn toes at this point. So I'm being slow. I get up and then like I look at the other foot and I see motherfucking six toes on the other foot. Well, I'm like this bit, she's got 10, but they're not on the right feet. They weren't. <clears throat> so like my boy, my boy Zach was living with us at this time. 
So, like, I snuck up out the fucking room, and I went into his room, and, like, I was like, Zach, I never asked you to do this shit, but you got to come on a ride with me, and I got to tell you what the fuck this is all about. And I made him get out of bed. I broke it down to him. Anyway, like, I... Like, I asked her the next day. She told me she had all ten toes. It was fucked up, though, man. Jesus. Uh, so, I, like you guys know, I watch podcasts, like, all day, every day. Because I can kind of do it while I work. Because I just motherfucking call people right now. So I'll call people, like, you know, every, like, four or five minutes. So I got, like, three minutes in between while I'm writing up my little call notes. Got three minutes to watch and type all day long. I came across this. You guys know who this guy is. This is also on YouTube. Uh, well, you can find it on YouTube. But uh, the My Pillow guy, My Pillow Republican guy. The fuck is his name? Mike Lindell. I know you guys know who the fuck I'm talking about. Anyway, he came out with a commercial last week. Like he's always come out with commercials and shit. But I just want you have a little listen. That's all we need to hear. But his commercial is about his book going from crackhead to CEO. Now it got me thinking, like, how easy would it be, especially right now, when we're kind of semi-locked down, you know? People aren't really getting together, so you want to know. But how easy would it be for a motherfucker over these last, like, the last three months plus like the next three months they just like develop this like story that's going to change their life like they just say to themselves and this is what i think mike lindell did i think he just spent some time away he might only spent like six weeks away six weeks six months something like that and he was out smoking crack hard he went full-blown crack oh wait no he actually didn't he faked it he faked smoking crack he faked his 14 stories about how he almost died but he just told everybody, I went from crackhead to CEO. So he could have that sympathy for the rest of his fucking life. Just like following behind him. Always a path of sympathy. He can always say, yeah, you can look at me now, but look what I used to be back when I was a crackhead. But what he doesn't say is he never tells the motherfuckers the truth that he's just claiming to be an ex-crackhead turned into CEO. I don't know. Get the fuck out of here, Mike Lindell. Your ass is too fucking Christian-y, Republic-y. Like, too much of all that shit. Just too fucking much. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so I had the fucking police at my house. Again. Like, I was telling you guys about this. It happens, like, fucking frequently here. It's always over stupid stuff, like this one. This time. This motherfucker... I can't even tell you the story. No, I'll tell you the story. I'll tell you the story. Okay. I shouldn't tell you the story. Because it's kind of fucking funny. So anyway, we'll just jump right in. My stepdaughter had this friend, and this friend supposedly gave her phone to my stepdaughter. Which, that's what these kids do now. They trade phones, give away phones, they obtain new phones. You don't know where these fucking phones came from. It's like, what the fuck? Or at least Taylor gets phones like this. Shit, I don't know. 
Anyway, so this, her friend, like, let me turn this police shit down. You get the point. But her fucking friend came pounding on my door. And Taylor's, like, yelling at me from upstairs. Don't answer it. It's so-and-so. She's threatening me. I don't know why. Taylor's not usually, like, a bitch, but she was being a bitch that day. She was talking mad shit to her on the phone before this girl came over. I mean, that is a fact. This girl comes over. She pounds on the door, like, gives a fucking police pound. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't the normal knock I would be expecting to get from her if no, this bullshit was going on. Anyway. So I tell her, I'm like, Taylor can't come out. I don't know what you guys got going on. I'm not dealing with it. You just need to go. And this girl's like, I'm not going. I'm like, you got to go. I'm going to shut the door. I'm going to call the police. I'm going to watch, have you watch me while I call the police on you because you won't just leave. Because I'm not dealing with this retired shit in my house between teenage girls. I'm not doing it. So I call the cops. Cops fucking come over again. Blah, blah, blah. Taylor explains this girl gave her the phone. She's had it for over a month. Her dad put service on the phone. Like, it's just, it's her phone. The girl gave it to her. Whatever. <clears throat> so police escorted this girl off the property. And this may or may not be true, but I'm going to tell you what happened. Uh, obviously, after all this shit calms down, the fucking girl's walking out. She was in the back of my house. She had to walk out to the front and then walk down the sidewalk to get home or whatever. Me and my wife and Taylor were upstairs. And, like, this girl, we can hear her talking shit because the window's open. And she says something like, uh, what'd she say, this girl? Oh, she's just talking shit about Taylor. Like, she's like, oh, this is what it was. She said, Taylor, you're a fucking broke bitch. <laughs> Now Taylor's motherfucking ass. She stuck her head out that window. She said, what do you mean I'm a broke bitch? That girl says, if you got this money, why don't you buy a phone yourself? You don't got no money. You broke. Taylor goes in her pocket, whips out her fucking phone that she just kept, and says, why would I buy a fucking phone when this motherfucking one is F-R-E-E? <laughs> Yup, that's how that went down. Good old police stories. Jesus Christ. Shit's a fucking struggle today, man. Goddamn, so what are you guys up to? What are y'all doing out there? Me, I'm chilling in my basement. For like two more hours, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll work out. Probably not. Let's just say I'm going to chill down here for like 45 minutes. Maybe clean it. It's fucking disgusting down here. <clears throat> oh, shit. So I was on Facebook. You guys probably saw this because like everyone on a Facebook fucking friends, whatever. If you're friends, you probably all see the same ads at some point. I don't know if you all saw this, but last week I saw the organic burial pods ad. Organic burial pods. Uh, Jesus. These are like these things that they convert your ashes into being like the roots of a tree. And then for, I guess, some sort of um, burial, burial, like, you know, we usually are in coffins and go down, drop six feet. That's like, you know, a burial. 
burial. I can't even say that fucking word. Well, anyway, what this does, you're in the roots of the tree. And you go and plant the tree. Now, these people, they sound like they have good intentions. They do. Um, but I'd be scared. Like, I'm a bad gardener. Like, what if, like, someone, like, what if, like, my wife died in a horrible car wreck? And this is the shit that she wanted. And then, like, we have the ceremony. I bury her in the backyard, because shit, why not? I don't know. It'd be weird if, like, people took this tree and got buried in cemeteries. That'd be weird. I'm thinking this is more like a backyard product. Yeah, definitely. So I bury her. Well, I tree her. I tree her out in the backyard. But I'm no good with fucking trees, man. What if I kill the fucking tree? Like, then I gotta chop it down. Or, like, what if the tree is, like... It's growing, and then, like, the branches grow out, and it's starting to hit, like, some of the wires in my backyard. Then, like, the utility company's got to come here and say, we got to cut some branches off your tree. Then what do I, like, pull out my paperwork and say, that's my fucking dead wife? You're not going to fucking give her a haircut? Cut off a fucking appendage, a finger, an arm? Off my dead-ass wife? What the fuck are they talking about? Let me, let me tell you what they're talking about. Check this out. Hold on, it's coming. They belong to nature, he says. <clears throat> Maybe, like, let me get back to, like, the topics I really like to talk about. Like, my favorite my favorite thing to fucking talk about is NBA. Like, I love it. It's something I'm going to highlight on every fucking pod. You're always going to hear me talking some NBA. It's just a thing. <clears throat> and the NBA is good. It's good because they have, like, drama. Like, off-court, on-court... Hollywood drama, celebrity drama. They got all the fucking drama, and I like to follow that narrative in the storyline. And I watch the games. Some people don't watch the games, but you can... I prefer the games, but you can be an NBA fan just, like, following the drama. Because it's the best. It's like reality drama. So there are a couple things I found online where some questions got answered. Uh, like, I was up on watching All the Smoke with Matt Barnes and Stack... They had Jason Tatum on. And uh, just check out what Stack asked Jason Tatum. You and Kyrie got a good, uh, got a good Duke connection. You know, uh, y'all, been, y'all been brothers. What was it like playing with him in Boston and uh, now now with him being in Brooklyn? Uh, yeah, that's that's like my big brother. Um, obviously, the Duke connection. And I, I joke with him all the time. He only played nine games at Duke. So I'd be like, bro, you really didn't. You really didn't <laughs> right. Right. What you play right. shit? You only what you only play? You only play what? Twenty five? Y'all both was in and out that motherfucker yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now playing with uh, you know we had this at the same time we had the same agent, and then you know playing two years with him, um, you know it like especially my first year, like I don't people I don't care like Here it people is. might think he's crazy, but Kai got he got game like oh, he wanted to he wanted to most skilled basketball players like. No question. Ever. No and question. Like me, me getting to see it, my, especially my first year, it's it's a difference being on the court with him and seeing it in every day, every game, and in practice. 
like just some of the things he did with the ball was just like mind boggling to me. And the way he was able to finish, like he he like he's special. Uh, and he, he he's one of the he one of the best players I've got to, ever, was able to see and in person and play with. And you know his decision to go to Brooklyn, obviously, I mean a lot of people was mad and things like that, but. You know, us as basketball players, we understand, like, once you get to a certain level and a certain point in your career, like, you've earned the right to make the decision on, on what makes you happy and what you want to do. So I wasn't. Yeah. I thought that interview was badass, especially that right there. Because <clears throat> it answers the question, like, who thought Kyrie was the fucking problem in Boston? Like, who the fuck really thought that? Somebody on the team thought that. But after, like, what I just saw or what I just listened to him play for y'all, it wasn't Jason Tatum. So, who the fuck was it? I don't know. That's where this drama goes next. That was an unanswered question that, damn, i just been waiting to hear something good on that. Oh, we had one more. This is the second one we got from last week. So you can pull this up. It's Jay Crowder wants to focus on safety protocols before talks of resuming the season. Yeah, that's how he starts. That's how it starts. That's what the video is called if you look it up online. But what it should really be called is who the fuck was pissed off at Andre Iguodala when he got sent to the Grizzlies and he basically said, fuck this. I'm not even playing here. You guys can buy me out and I'm going to go to a contender. I'm going to go play with LeBron or wherever the fuck he was going to go. Where should he have went? I don't know. He'd be good anywhere. 15 minutes a game. Playoff game. Always good. He'll save the day. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're talking about that. Because the same sort of shit happened. It was like, what were the who were the players that were pissed off at him? That's how, that's how it started. Like, is Ja Morant upset that Andre Iguodala doesn't want to play with him on his team? Let's see. What do these motherfuckers have to say? Let's check it out. Handle on our end, stay where you're at. And I think it could 
I mean, <clears throat> so the way he's telling it, I mean, the management kind of didn't want him. He kind of didn't want to be there. So someone in that management office is a fuck up. The next person get fired in management from Memphis. Like, that's who it fucking is. He can be the fucking scapegoat. It would suck if you had that job and then you had to get scapegoated. You may have done it. You may not have done it. But you work in the NBA, in management. Like, shit, what's better than that? Fucking pilot? I fly planes from sea to shining sea? I don't know. Anyway, that's my podcast, y'all. I'm glad you came. I'm glad you're still listening. <sighs> I don't think I'd be down here much more. This fucking basement's unfinished and it rains. It's kind of wet and musty. My breathing's fucked up. Fuck the Rona!